The following is presented to you in a round sound. It was recorded with whatever was lying around. Insist on respect the sister, walk around like a woman is. She won't speak, less it's something worse saying, don't play. The girl take herself so seriously. People stare curiously. She's got a natural way, her hips sway furiously. Yeah, the luxurious thing. Carries herself like the cutest, most prettiest thing you see this side of the bay. Hey, this is Lady Don't Take No, your weekly roundup of all of the real and none of the fake. I'm your host, Alicia Garza. This show is pro-Black, pro-queer, proudly feminist, and pro-do-what-you-like. Every week, you're going to get the best of what goes on in my head, what we loving on, and what we hating on, what we might be, and what we ain't going to do. Politics, pop culture, the potential to expand our power in the Senate, and what that means for the rules, we cover it all. We know that no matter where you are, it's a challenging time. A changing time, a time of transformation. It's all the things all the time nowadays, but we are going to help you understand the dynamics of this time every single week. So be sure to tune in, tell a friend, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. We do it for the culture, so the pod is free 99, because we know that with a country in chaos, the least we could do is keep you from putting your money anywhere else than where it's needed. All the clerks want to offer you help All the folks compliment you stuff Our little children want to jump in your lap Girl, I want to do that myself Our guest this week is a Jamaican-American restaurateur, a community activist, and owner of the slutty vegan restaurant chain and bar vegan in Atlanta, Georgia. She is a culinary disruptor in the industry, transforming America's view of plant-based fast food and strives to make plant-based eating delicious, accessible, and enjoyable for vegans and flexitarians alike. In addition to her work in the food industry, she is also a philanthropist and head of the Pinky Cole Foundation, empowering generations of color to win in life financially and in the pursuit of their entrepreneurial dreams. Please, 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 please welcome the one, the only Pinky Cole. Hey, Pinky, how you doing? I'm doing so well. That introduction was so good. I feel like I need to bring it everywhere I go. (laughs) I'm doing so good. Happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you and we will cut and paste and send it to you so you can use it everywhere you go. Phil, thank you for that incredible introduction. You know, Pinky, I was telling people that I was going to get to interview you and you have, I hope you have some idea of how much people love and adore you. (laughs) Yes. Let me tell you, people were calling me like, you need to interview Pinky Cole. I said, you know what? That's so interesting because we're about to have her on the show. Then when I told somebody else we was going to be talking to you, they were like, yo, that (laughs) is my entrepreneur hero. I was like, bet. I love hearing good things about good people in the world. I got to ask you, Pinky, it has been a long two years. And I don't know, what is time, right? I feel like everything before 2020, I remember. Everything after 2020, (laughs) it's up for grabs. But I do want to ask you, what has your pandemic life been like? And have you developed any unique habits live and direct from Miss Rona? Oh, my Lord. The last two years has been transformative. 
First of all, I had two kids in the last two years. Yes, come through. <laughs> Coming you from a busy. woman who has gotten fibroid surgery and was told that she couldn't have kids. Oh, listen. So while the pandemic was happening and the world was falling apart, I was giving life literally and figuratively to two beautiful beings. And now I'm somebody mama. And <laughs> it has been so transformative because the very militant, direct, pinky Cole is now a mom mm. and very nurturing and very patient. So just on my personal side, it's been very different. Professionally, it's been really, really, really good. Mm. I've been able to open up multiple locations. I just closed on a $25 million raise. And now my company is valued at $100 million Yo. in an era where Black women, once upon a time, couldn't even get pennies Come on. to be able to grow their business. So to be able to do all of that and then some in the last two years, I can ask for a better two years. And unfortunately, I know that there are some people who can't say that they've had the same story, but I want to be the beacon of hope for the people who didn't because the last two years for me has been fantastic. You know what? You are fantastic. First of all, <laughs> shout out to you for bringing life into the world because that in and of itself is a major human feat. Yes. Number two, shout out to you for not listening to no damn doctors talking about you can't have no babies. <laughs> Hello. Um, I have had fibroid surgery. Fibroids are evil things, honey. Yes. But I can say your blessings were waiting for you and there was no boundary between you and those blessings. Thank you. And number three, I have to tell you a story from my bestie who lives in bed -Stuy. She told me to tell you that the damn line was around the block and it's still around the block. And it yes. is so fitting that you have opened up right next to the iconic, iconic, historic mural of the patron saint of Brooklyn, Pinky Smalls. Yes. <laughs> Congratulations on all your success, Pinky. Thank you so much. Look, you're an activist, so you understand there's a lot happening in the world. And in particular, we are just shy of a month out from midterm elections. Early voting has started here in Georgia. I plan to go and vote on Friday. I hope everybody that's listening will join me. But I have to say, like, we are living in some very, very turbulent times. And it's weird to me because sometimes people be like, I don't remember when we were this polarized. I'm like, look, for Black folks, <laughs> this is not new. We're like, y'all yes. always been tripping. <laughs> We've been trying to tell y'all, y'all been tripping. Right. But, you know, for the sake of goodwill, I ask every guest this question now because it does seem like we've been talking past each other for a long time. And sometimes what it requires to, like, move forward is to be able to change your mind or your perspective. So, Please tell me a story about a time that you changed your mind and tell us what happened. I want you to think about something that you were like deeply convinced was right. You were like, everybody else is wrong about this. I'm right. And then your perspective changed. What happened? Well, low-hanging fruit. What I realized as an entrepreneur, growing a business that became a multi-million dollar business overnight, mm. I used to think that it was my way or the highway. Mm -hmm. I was the girl that, like, if you don't like my way, then you can't be here. Then you got to go. And that's it. And my opinion matters. And my opinion is what created this business. And I know what I'm talking about. And that's the way that it goes. But I realized that you can't get far with that ego. Ego don't take you nowhere. So I realized 
being able to be understanding and welcoming opinions of other people who also have experience can help me make better sound decisions, which a part of that is because I had kids and I'm a lot more patient now. (laughs) Um, But it really made me a better leader because Mm -hmm. now I get to include the people around me in sound decisions that I get to make on the future of the business. And I used to think I had it all right and I knew everything when the whole time I was always wrong and I knew nothing. So one of those things that helped me to change my mind is the fact that being humble is so sexy. It is sexy to be humble. You know what? You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) it is cool to be humble. Mm. You can get more bees with honey, no pun intended. (laughs) You know what I mean? And I really had a complete 180 in business Because I used to think that I was the person that knew everything. And now I am a student and I get to learn from the people around me and they get to teach me everything. Mm, I love that. And you know what? That is sound and solid advice, particularly for people who are trying to make their own way. Humble is sexy, belongs on a (laughs) t-shirt. It is, man. I hope the Pinky Cole Foundation (laughs) put that out on a t-shirt like... Yo, for real, actually, <laughs> listening to other people won't hurt you. <laughs> it won't. You can still It'll make your own make decision. You better. Because yeah. what I realize is when you are able to embrace other people's ideas, you realize that there's so much more in the world than just you, right? Mm-hmm. Like, look how many people live in America alone. Like, your ideas are not the only ideas that count. And there are people, even if they don't make as much money as you, that sometimes may have better ideas than you. And as long as you're willing to embrace them, you'll be a lot better off. Mm. And I'm in a good place because I embrace that ideology. Mm. You know what? I'm here for it. On a personal tip, we just want to say congratulations on your engagement. <laughs> we you. heard you was engaged this summer, honey, at Essence yes. Fest, which was lit, BTW. <laughs> lit, lit, lit. I was out dancing till five o'clock in the morning, honey. And you know, I don't okay. be doing that all these days. But we talk a lot about love on this show. In fact, we have a segment called Ladies Love Notes where we give you the best news you can use on dating, love, relationships, and situationships. So I got to ask you. In honor of cuffing season, do you have any (laughs) tips for our listeners on love? Ooh, I got a lot. (laughs) Come on, bring them. We need them all. First of all, what I realized, so I'll speak for me first. When I met my now fiance, what I noticed about him that I didn't have in anybody else that I was with, and no shade to them because they came into my life at certain times and seasons And they were necessary for that moment in my personal life. But what I realized is him and I were in alignment on so many things. So it was seamless. He's a restaurateur. I'm a restaurateur. He's a big dreamer. I'm a big dreamer. He's an empath. I'm an empath. There were so many things that we had in common that even the things that we didn't align with didn't matter because we overpowered those things with all of the things that mirrored each other. So. Now that I'm with him, I realize why I love him so much because I'm in a relationship with myself. It's like it's like looking you in the better. mirror and Ooh. seeing yourself. He's just a light-skinned version of me, but I get to see myself in him. Mm, come and on. all the things I love about me, humbly, are mm. all the things that I love about him. And all the things that I don't love about me are all the things that I acknowledge are things that I can change about myself because I see them in him. So for the people who are engaging in new relationships, 
realize what the alignment looks like. If it is 80-20 on the alignment, then you're in a good space. But if you realize there are so many things that you don't have in common, that might not be the person for you. You could be friends, but alignment is so key. That's the first thing. The second thing is we became friends first. And in that friendship, we had hard conversations in the beginning, which I think a lot of people don't have. And one of the biggest conversations we had in the very beginning was money and credit. I don't care how cute you is. Baby. Okay, you, and I said you is on purpose. Ooh. I don't care Ooh. how cute you is. Okay, I'm glad you did. <laughs> okay. I don't care how fine you are. I don't care how well you dress, how many cars you got. But if your credit is not Baby. right and your finances are not right, it tells me a lot about who you are as an individual. It tells me a lot about who you are as a decision maker. It also tells me a lot about your upbringing. So now I have the decision and the choice and the opportunity to either stay in this or walk away, but I need to know what I'm getting in bed with. And that's literal and figuratively Mm -hmm. because I want to know that if I decide to walk down the aisle with you, I'm not taking on all your debt. (laughs) I want to know if I choose to spend the rest of my life with you, I'm not (laughs) spending the rest of my life taking care of your bills and trying to figure out what you got going on. And we have so much good synergy because one, he's financially well off without me. So he don't need my money and I don't need his. But together, you know how Neil says, I'm a movement by myself, but I'm a but force, I'm a force when we're together. together. That's exactly what it is. That's my shit. <laughs> so, so when you get in a relationship, understand that you got to be able to be good on your own. And then you can be better with the other person. And hopefully that resonated with somebody who like that new boo and trying to figure them out. But Maybe. I've learned a lot about relationships. Is it easy? Absolutely not. Do I want to wring his neck sometimes? Yes. But I love him. And that's my baby. And we communicate. And the most important thing is that we're friends first. Oh, my gosh. You better speak, testify, <laughs> tell the whole world. We needed like Pinky's Bible on love because that right there was the scripture. Let's do it. Slutty Vegan is taking the country by storm. I don't even got to tell you. I got a location right here around the corner from my house, and I'd be <laughs> up in there. And I come from the Bay Area. I'm not new to vegan food, but I will tell you I'm new to vegan food that tastes as good as yours. That's a fact. So congratulations on the opening of your new Brooklyn location. But I want you to actually tell the story of how we got here, because as I was reading more about you researching for this podcast, your origin story really actually broke my damn heart. You said you said that actually where you started was in Harlem mm-hmm. and something yeah. happened. So tell yeah. the people what happened and how we get here now. So I got to go all the way back. Um, and the all the way back part of it is that my father did 22 years in prison. Mm. So... My parents are Jamaican. My mother is Rastafarian. So I grew up in Baltimore, but in a Jamaican household. So for all the Caribbean people listening to this, you know exactly what I mean. Okay? It's like Jamaica in the house. It's like two worlds that you live in. So I watched my mother work super, super hard. And I watched my father still try to achieve his dreams behind bars with so many limitations. So I became a natural born hustler. Mm-hmm. And I've always been an entrepreneur of my own, right? I was having parties in the basement. I was just doing whatever I, I could right. do because I just love bringing people together. I love seeing things through. And I love the final product of something that comes out of my brain, my creative brain. When I opened up that restaurant in Harlem, 
this was when I was a television producer at the time. And I just was, I was a serial entrepreneur, right? And one of my friends asked me if I wanted to open up a restaurant. I'm like, well, I don't know anything about the restaurant industry. He was like, well, you ain't got to know. Just, you know, just open it up. You'll figure it out. And I took that advice and I went to Google and I went to University of YouTube and (laughs) I started learning as much as I could learn about business and restaurant business. And I did a thing. And when I tell you, that was like one of the greatest experiments ever because in that moment I failed in that experiment, but it was never really failure at all. And when I say that, I mean, I didn't get fire insurance for my business. So when I had a grease fire in that location, everything was lost in that grease fire. And it wasn't salvageable. So here I am. I got a business that was making what I thought was a lot of money at the time. But, you know, one bad day will push you back five days. Right. (laughs) So one bad day pushed me back where I had to walk away from that business and everything felt like it was caving in on me. But that was the best cave that ever happened to me, because what it did was it allowed me to, like, regenerate myself. And it allowed me to like press forward and get another opportunity where I became a casting director on a TV show that was a healing show and helping people. Mm. And it made me look back and say, this wasn't supposed to happen like this, but it needed to happen. Because after losing the restaurant, I thought that everything was over for me, but it gave me the opportunity to get smarter, to get hungrier, to get healthier in business. And I did that. So when I created slutty vegan. I made sure that I had fire insurance. I made sure that I had an attorney. I made sure that I had an accountant because girl, my wages, everything was getting garnished and everything after I closed that business. Like it Mm -hmm. literally stopped trailing me just a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. I needed that to happen though, because it made me put the battery on my back to say, you know what? I'm going to do it again and I'm going to do it right. I remember one time, a long time ago, I went to church. And the pastor was like, I don't want nobody with no experience. I want somebody that got experience because then I know that they've been through some stuff. Mm. Well, Pinky Cole has been through some stuff. Mm. So now I have experience. So when I opened up Slutty Vegan, I wasn't coming in as no rookie. I was coming in as somebody that knows the game, learned the game, failed in the game. And now I'm doing the game all over again, but I'm doing it on my terms. And I did that. And that is why Slutty Vegan is now becoming a household name. You gave LLCs to all the graduates of Clark Atlanta, and I want to talk about that. But I I really want to talk about your vision for bringing healthy food to low-income, working-class Black communities, promoting economic empowerment for Black young people and their families, life insurance for Black men. Listen, I, I just have to like give you this compliment, which is to say, thank you for not stopping at mentorship. Thank you. Yeah, I mean. Like, actually, oh, I know. your vision gave me, like, I had goosebumps. I was, I was like, life insurance for Black men. Can we have a conversation? Tell me more <laughs> about your vision for Black communities and tell me how you are executing that vision, not just with Slutty Vegan, but with the reinvestment that you're doing into our communities. You know, when you start peeling back the layers, we're all really little kids at heart. Mm. So while my father was in prison, my mother would help everybody. I'm like, damn, you want to help everybody. Like, it's Christmas and we wearing hand-me-downs while, like, you making sure that everybody else is good. But I didn't understand it then. What my mother was doing is she was showing us that it was not yours to keep. Mm. That when you got it, you share it. And that's how the blessings keep coming. Mm. So all of my life, I've been that way. Like, I'm the kind of girl that I can't walk past a homeless person without helping them. I'm just 
to give you an example, it's just, I've always been that person that I want people around me to do well. And because I'm an empath, I cannot see anybody in poverty, hurting, in a circumstance and pain. It's just, I watched my mother help everybody. So I became that person. So when I formally created the Pinky Cole Foundation, again, I am not, like, I don't have the business acumen. Like, I'm not even going to sit here and lie to you, but I'm a visionary, okay? Mm. So the people on my team are like, all right, Pinky, you spend a lot of money helping people. Let's formalize this and create a foundation. I'm like, okay, cool, let's do it. But <laughs> it is really a way to provide an opportunity for people to have a safe space to be all the things that they want to be. I was on a call yesterday with, we had a board meeting with my foundation and they were talking about like things that they wanted to do in the community and programs. I said, the Pinky Cole Foundation is urgent care, not the hospital. The foundation is urgent care. It's like, I need help now, help me. And that's what I want to do for communities. And that's what we've been doing. So for example, when Rashard Brooks was murdered in the Wendy's parking lot, um, we provided life insurance and a car for the family and scholarships for the children. When businesses were closing during the pandemic, we were paying the local rents for businesses so that they didn't have to close. I, I partnered with the Department of Juvenile Justice to provide second chance opportunities to ex-offenders because my daddy been in jail all of my life. Although I wasn't behind bars, I know what it feel like to be in jail. And I know what it feels like when people look at you as a statistic because you have been a part of that system. So we've offered them opportunities and given them opportunities to work as study vegan. We've paid the rents of college students to be able to graduate, 30 to be exact, to be able to graduate so that they didn't have to sit back and not be able to walk across the stage. Mm. Uh, we've given lights, fruits and vegetables to areas in the communities that which we serve. So when I say we put our money where our mouth is, this ain't one of those organizations, like you said, that just, I, I ain't doing, it ain't no, about mentorship. Mm-hmm. I'm helping people now in real time mm-hmm. when they need real help to learn about financial literacy, mm-hmm. to learn about life insurance, which is what myself and my fiance did through the foundation with Prudential, to make sure that Black men who are making $30,000 or less have access to life insurance because mm-hmm. it's not just a death sentence. You can raise your family through life insurance and people really don't know that. Mm. So giving people information that they probably wouldn't be able to get on their own through my urgent care kind of dynamic is what allows my organization to be separated from the traditional organizations that just have the galas and just raise the money and then you don't see where it goes. Mm. We are really doing the work and that is the piece that I'm more passionate about. Like Mm. I love burgers, pies and fries. Mm -hmm. I love helping people reimagine food. But I also love community. And I also love using my platform to help community and build an ecosystem. And that is the part that makes my belly leap. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I do. I do. I do. I yeah. know exactly what you mean. You just gave me goosebumps again. I'm like, <laughs> I rock with you, Pinky. Thank you. Yo, first of all, I love to cook. And so when I got this in the mail, I was like, baby, (laughs) let me just say also, um, I love that you've reclaimed our stuff. This cookbook is called Eat Plants, Bitch, 91 (laughs) Vegan Recipes That Will Blow Your Meat-Loving Mind. First of all, thank you for reclaiming our stuff because I have seen people out here using slang and cuss words in their cookbooks and they white people. Yes. Trying to bite our stuff. I was like shocked. I was shooketh. I said, yeah. how dare y'all? Shooketh. Y'all just, I love can't, 
just it's like a, anywho. Yes, 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 and yes. <laughs> but I want to ask you because here's the thing: I'm not a vegan. I love my vegan homies. My friend Maurice, if he's listening, he will know I rock with a vegan meal with my dude. I do. (laughs) And, you know, I also am a meat loving person. But here's what I appreciate about what you got going on here. Number one, you are giving us food that's accessible. You're not preaching. This is not Mm -hmm. a gospel. It's a come and join me. (laughs) Come and join me. You can have some good food that's good for you, but I'm not going to look at you sideways one way or the other, but I'm going to introduce you to something new. Number two, I was really curious about what goes into making a cookbook for vegans because all my vegan friends outside of your restaurant and a small number of other ones can never find food anywhere, (laughs) much less a cookbook where you can make good food. So please break it down. What went into creating this incredible cookbook. Wow. So cooking. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I'm a foodie first, more than anything else. I love to eat. That's I'm a thick vegan. Come on. I come like on. food. Okay. I like to eat. I love all the starches. Okay. Do what I say. Not what Hello. I do. Um, the carbs and all the things. Okay. okay I'm trying to stay off the carbs. But I love <laughs> to eat. I love really good food because I feel like food really brings people together. It's a way to fellowship. It's a way to like bridge relationships. Like it's just, I just love food. And when I came up with the idea to do a cookbook, I'm like, I want to do a vegan cookbook, but I don't want to do a vegan cookbook for the vegans. I want to do something for the people who ain't think about vegan. And I want to cater to them because I know that if I can make food that tastes like what they're familiar with, then it might change their mind about incorporating other options into their lifestyle. Like you said, you hit it on the nose. I'm not making people go vegan. like, And that's why Slutty Vegan is so exclusive because most vegan organizations, companies, and we've all been, I'm vegan, so I can say it's um, representing yeah, my people. Can. Yeah, you right? can. <laughs> most of us really push our agenda on people. And I'm, again, providing a safe space to say, listen, you ain't got to be vegan, but I'm going to show you this Philly cheesesteak in here that's vegan that probably tastes better than that cow that you put in, in between the buns. Like, that And you're going to love it. And that it's going to taste really, really good. And mm-hmm. if you don't love it, cool, at least you tried. And that is what this cookbook is. So there are 91 amazing recipes in. Most of them are mine. Um, I have some of them that are uh, contributing recipes from influencers. Because one thing about Pinky Co. is I always want to list as I climb. So there's about 25 influencers, chefs, who also made recipes that I incorporated in the book. And they get to showcase their own business. But this is, think of this as more than just a cookbook. It is a novel of good eats, inspiration exclusivity where you can feel like you can be anything that you want to be when you crack open this book. You can be vegan if you want to. You can be a mediator if you want to. I just want you to be a foodie and know how to read. Because if you know how to read, then you can read the recipes and you can make these recipes and they will be fantastic. That part. So the cookbook is out November 15th. Do not miss it. Run, don't walk. Pre-order. Do all the things you got to do. Pre-order from a Black bookstore, please. Y'all, yes. come on now. So I am going on my first book tour for Eat Plants, Bitch. Yes. And it is so dope. It's called the Pinky Co. Experience. So I got celebrity performances. We just got Little Mo and Cisco. Um, so hey. it's like, it's a vibe. It's moderated conversation with live performances, with a DJ, with spoken word, with food. 
with entrepreneurship, encouragement, and it's happening in real time. And my tour starts on the 14th. Um, I'm so excited about it. You can go on Ticketmaster.com to learn more and buy tickets. I'm doing a five city tour, but hopefully anybody listening to this and want more of this kind of inspiration, please go to Ticketmaster.com to learn about my tour and buy tickets because it's going to be lit. Can you tell us what cities you finna be in? I'm finna be in. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll be in New York, uh, Dallas, Baltimore, um, L.A., and Atlanta. Yes. <laughs> we'll see you at the one in the ATL. Yes. Everybody else who's listening, do not forget to get your tickets for the book tour. Pinky, you're killing it. And just like that, it's time for our weekly roundup of all the things Lady just ain't going to do this week. Number one, act like this runoff race in Georgia ain't important. So now that the Democrats have secured control of the United States Senate, I hear some of y'all be like, well, now Georgia doesn't really matter. And this is why we can't have nice things, because folk be sharing uninformed opinions as fact. So actually, yes, it does matter what happens in the Georgia runoff. I mean, just by pure mathematics, which is that, yes, there is actually a difference. If you have 100 people in the Senate and it's a 51-49 split or a 50-50 split. So you not tripping if the Senate needs to codify Roe versus Wade or protect same-sex marriage or move forward gun control or any of that. And anytime you want to get something done, you got to bring in the vice president as the tiebreaker. KK, thanks for letting me know. Also, when you want judges confirmed and Supreme Court nominees, it's actually great to have a Senate majority. And then, of course, ideally, a 51-vote majority keeps you from being hamstrung by Republican-like Democrats. Though, if we're being honest, a couple of those Democrats who were just elected be acting like their friends, Cinema and Mansion. but I digress. The point, don't let nobody tell you to leave some food on the table when you're still hungry, child. Other things Lady just ain't gonna do this week is celebrate the insurrectionist-in-chief who is running to be your president again. I mean, what else is there to say about this except that Donald J. Trump announced that he gonna run for president again in 2024 and the party who supported him and bent over backwards to make him seem like he was the damn messiah, well, they're awfully quiet with this announcement. The only other thing I'll say here is don't count them out. Those who fail to learn from history are doomed to repeat it. And doing a repeat of Donald J. Trump as president definitely means that we are doomed. But here is what we want more of this week. Number one, and probably the only thing on the list this week, state Supreme Court overturns Georgia abortion ban. Well, the best news of this week was that the Georgia State Supreme Court overturned Georgia's six-week abortion ban. And baby, we love to see it. Now, the gist of it is that they said it was adopted into law when this was outlawed by the U.S. Supreme Court, and therefore the law is null and void. Okay? Now, this really is wonderful news, and it's effective immediately. And don't you think for one minute that Governor Brian Kemp isn't going to try to bring some version of this shit back, even though the majority of people in Georgia don't want it? Now, I want to share with you that this six-week ban bullshit is honestly really and truly awful. I know from personal experience. Just three days after they instituted this law in Georgia, I found out I was pregnant. It was bad enough that I was pregnant when the last thing in the world that I was ready for was a child I wasn't planning for. 
But then to have this fear that I wasn't going to have the option because somebody who doesn't believe in science thinks there's some kind of heartbeat at six weeks. Oh, by the way, there is not. Nothing resembling a heart begins to form before at least 12 weeks, and that's still early as fuck. So the fact that these people are running shit is terrifying. Now, the way I had to scramble to find a clinic in a state that is already clinic endangered and with a quickness, even though those clinics are completely overwhelmed due to what these people did to Planned Parenthood, I mean, it was literally the fuck awful. All I could think about are all the people who cannot afford abortions. They're not cheap, y'all. And who cannot afford to cross state lines. And that shit ain't cheap either. Now that's on top of the people who chase your car into the parking lot holding up signs that say baby killer and all that bullshit. So not one of these clowns was finna help me pay to take care of a baby I didn't plan for. I mean, really, it's the self-righteousness with no responsibility for me. Anywho, for lady, at least, this is the best news I've gotten all week. And please, sign me up for whatever fight there is to keep it this way and to expand abortion rights for all. Ladies Love Notes will be back soon enough, my dears, I promise you. Stay tuned. I mean, I'm technically on vacation this week. Can you tell? (laughs) And on vacation, we don't want to talk about no trifling shit, okay? But we are back on and in full effect coming on very soon. I promise. I don't want this to end, but I know you are ripping and running and I want to be the wind beneath your wings. I want to say thank you for coming on the pod today. Please, please, please tell the people how they can follow your incredible work and your incredible self on the socials. So if you want to learn more about Slutty Vegan, you can follow us, Slutty Vegan ATL, on all social media handles. And if you want to learn about Pinky Cole, um, I'm at Pinky907. And if you want to learn more about the work that we do in the community, um, you can go to PinkyGivesBack.com or PinkyGivesBack on all social media handles. And before we go, can I just talk to the people for a second? Please. I literally am moving into a space where I'm going from being like this popular restaurateur to being what people call as like, she is making legendary changes. Some people say icon, which is very humbling to me. And I'm still embracing that. But all of this is not without hard work. If you believe that you will get results without working hard, you have the wrong idea. If you want to be successful in business or it's successful at the top of whatever food chain that you are in working, Make sure that you go hard and not go hard for other people. Go hard for yourself Mm. and give a thousand percent in every single thing that you fucking do. Mm. Because every time you show up and you give a thousand percent, you will always get a thousand and one percent back. I'm a living witness. It has happened to me and I am reclaiming my time with my thousand and one percent. So hopefully this resonated with somebody. And I'm so happy that I got the opportunity to talk to you. It has been literally the joy of my week, if not my month. Thank you so much for being on Lady Don't Take Note today. Thank you. That's it for Lady Don't Take Note. But I will be back here next week with a brand new conversation and some more news you can use. We appreciate you joining us. And please, let's keep the conversation going. 
Tell us what's on your mind. Tell us what you like and tell us what you ain't going to take no more of. We post ways to do something about things you hear on this show all over our social media. So if we got you amped up today, check out the socials to find out how you can take action. On Twitter, we're at Lady Take. On Insta, we're at Lady Don't Take No Pod. We're also on Facebook at Lady Don't Take No Podcast by Alicia Garza. And we really, really, really appreciate it when you subscribe and write us a review. Let the people know what you've heard here today. Our producer is Phil Circus. Our incredible theme is by Latirix. And this pod is supported by the Black Futures Lab. And me, I'm your host, Alicia Garza. Remember, abortion is a right, and we should defend it that way. Georgia runoffs are on and popping, and yes, it does fucking matter to have a Senate majority. And as far as all of this goes, the mood for the rest of 2022 and all the way through 2024 is don't leave no food on the table when you're still hungry. We got more power to build and more power to wield. That's right. I said it. Because lady don't take no. Lady don't take no shit. Insist on respect the sister. Walk around like a woman is. She won't speak less of something worse. Singing don't play. The girl take herself so seriously. People stare curiously. She got a natural way. Her hips sway furiously. Get luxurious. Carries herself like a... Love y'all.